You are listening to Mindful Performances with Teresa Rose. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. For more information or to listen to more episodes, visit TeresaRose.com. Hello and welcome to Mindful Performance. I am Teresa Rose, your host with the most, and I am so excited because today I get to interview my dear friend and professional colleague, Simon T. Bailey. Simon, welcome to Mindful Performance. It's good to see you. Good to see you as well. I am so excited to talk with you about what you're doing. Just so uh, our listeners uh, know who you are, I'm going to brag on you a little bit right now. Success Magazine calls Simon T. Bailey one of the top 25 people that will help you reach your business and life goals. He joins a list that includes Oprah Winfrey and Dr. Brene Brown, two of my favorites. His viral video posted by Goldcast to Facebook has over 87 million views. OMG, I've got serious view envy. Today, Simon is a breakthrough strategist who goes beyond feel-good content and provides real-life deliverables that impact lives. I just watched one of Simon's uh, recent videos on LinkedIn, and he has such a powerful, powerful presence uh, and such wise insight. I'm so excited that you've tuned in today to to listen to this wonderful uh, resource of, of wisdom. He has more than 30 years' experience in the hospitality industry, including serving his roles as sales director for Disney Institute based in at Walt Disney World Resort. Uh, he's written 10 books and, and he, uh, one of the things that's so great about Simon is he really has this uh, commitment to, uh, you know, to, to harnessing his brilliance as he talks about brilliance and being able to serve others. He serves as a board member of this organization called U.S. Dream Academy, which is a 20-year-old organization uh, and their mission is to increase high school graduation rates uh, for kids whose parents are incarcerated. That is really, really powerful work and really uh, admirable. I'm, I want to talk to you about that, Simon. Uh, he has won uh, the World Civility Award from I Change Nations and is acknowledged as a World Civility Ambassador. And boy, oh boy, do we need that now. Uh, and that's one of the things that we're going to just uh, share with each other and talk a little bit about. Uh, Simon, you are uh, such a great presence. Uh, it, it, you know, I'm a lurker. I'm a LinkedIn lurker. So I see what you are doing and, and the presence that you have as a man of color uh, in, in these really transformative times. What is that like for you? What is that like for you with being such a public figure and, and being in the middle of this, you know, huge transformation and awareness as what you call a racial injustice crisis? Yeah. You know, uh, for many years, I, I struggled with being a Black man here in America because as a Black man in America who has a Black son, I've had to have to talk with him about how do we address the police if you're ever pulled over? And those are conversations that no father likes to have with his son or daughter. Uh, but one of the things I will say, uh, despite everything that's going on in our country, uh, the racial injustice, uh, I am optimistic that we have a choice. We can either get better or bitter. And I choose to get better because when it's all said and done, love wins. 
Yes, yes, yes. Hallelujah. I totally agree. I think in the midst of all of this, there are going to be opportunities for growth for all of us. And, uh, and, and it's a really wonderful doorway if we choose to walk through it uh, in the midst of all this, this, these changes, you talk a lot about thriving through adversity uh, Mm -hmm. and, and how you can help people move through this really, really tough time. Tell me a little bit about what you can do with organizations and how to help them through this. One of the things that I've been sharing with CEOs that I've been talking to over the phone over the last few days uh, is number one, we have to hear, heal, and help. How do we hear our teammates here, especially after they've gone through a global pandemic, the George Floyd dying, how do we hear them, hear their frustration, especially your black team members? Is it psychologically safe for them to work for your company? And you may not have the answers, but you have to put yourself out there to say, I don't have the answers, but I'm willing to listen. And then the healing comes from the hearing. And then we move to helping. And helping is really looking at how do we make a tangible difference in their lives, in their communities. And it's not just a statement that we put out to be politically correct, but we're looking at how do we advance Black and Brown people. Exactly. You know, wow, this is so exactly what we were just talking about in the C-Suite Network uh, and how uh, the real uh, challenge is going to be uh, for organizations is to go beyond the statement uh, that they're going to post on Twitter and then keep going business as usual. I mean, how businesses can truly uh, contribute to the narrative and contribute to the the positive outcomes of, of, of reversing this is really about action, right? That's it. Absolutely. So and what are some what are some that up. they can do? I think I think first of all they have to look at their board of directors. So if they're a publicly or privately held company, do we have a diverse board that has black people on the board, brown people on the board? Then we have to look at the next time we have an opening in the company, do we think of hiring a person that is black? Now let me be very careful in how I say this. Don't hire a person because they're black, hire them because they're good and they just happen to be black. So many times individuals who are black Americans, they are given a hand out instead of a hand up. And so be mindful. Are we thinking of uh, diversifying our employee pool by finding a black person who is qualified and excellent? And then as we think about some of the vendors and suppliers that we're working with, had we thought about uh, finding black businesses who might be in that same space and they just need a shot, an opportunity, a door open, a seat at the table, a return call, a text, a message, or somebody that says, you know what, I think I have the person that can work for us. And oh, by the way, they just happen to be black. That's a bonus, but they've got to be good at what they do. Yes, exactly. What I love when you said that's a bonus, because it's it's really about uh, creating an environment where you have these diverse truly the word diverse perspectives and life experiences and you the 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 conversations become so much richer when you tap into all these different types of experiences these voices and and so how how are some of the ways that they can do that what are what how do you get from where you are now to where you where you want to be I think uh, it really starts with having conversations with people who don't look like you, being very intentional about that. 
after you have those conversations, discover a way forward. How do we keep the dialogue going, but how do we move towards action? So what are the things that are missing for you? What are the things that are missing for me? And we build a bridge from where we are to where they are and from where they are to where we are. And together we grow and go. But I really think it comes down to listening and being open to editing our word choice. Language is the software of the mind. So being so mindful of the language that we use and say, you know what? I may say it wrong. Will you hold me accountable to get it right? Yes, yes, exactly. Holding them in that trusted space uh, uh, while still, uh, you know, moving them toward better choices, more mindful words, you know, more, uh, you know, more inclusivity in their, in their language because the language is the way that we connect. Right. Absolutely. And I, I was thinking about you today. I was so excited about this interview because as the more I got to, to know you in the work that you do, uh, the you know, more thrilled I was because I wanted to hear from your perspective because it's so, it's so unique. And, and I want to hear from a black man. I want to hear from a black man about what is going on because I hear, you know, different voices and different, different perspectives. And I had a, a Facebook uh, uh, something I saw on a Facebook post from a friend of mine. And she's this younger woman, a uh, white woman in Minneapolis. We, I mean, stretch the limits of your imagination, Simon. She's a white woman in Minneapolis. And here's the post that she put. And she's very engaged and she's really, she really wants to help, right? You know, she really wants to come to a place of like, aren't we, can't we go beyond this? Can't we get, can't we get to a place where everyone is treated equally like we say we should and this is what her her post was and i want to get how you would answer her my dad gets real offended if i even slightly suggest that we as white people are part of the problem in this country it's impossible to have a constructive convo about race without him getting visibly angry and calling my point of view quote bull cheese she didn't say bull cheese but <laughs> and that sucks any suggestions on how to get him to see what's up without him flying off the handle would be great thanks so what do you say to somebody like that simon yeah well first of all uh and i would ask her to invite her father to study the founding fathers of the country because the founding fathers of america only thought that black people were three-fifths a human being and that impacted, especially in the South, how votes were cast, who would be able to get into Congress because they didn't count black people with a full vote, three fifths of humans. So that has been in the culture that really dehumanized and marginalized black people. So we have to go back to history. This just, did, just didn't you know, happen overnight. But then when you look generationally, how blacks have been left out of so many opportunities. Imagine black soldiers that came back from World War One and Two. They were not able to participate uh, in the full benefits of the GI Bill and could not move into neighborhoods back in 19, late 40s and 50s that was predominantly white, even though they had served and fought for our country overseas. So this, this whole notion 
of, of white people not being a part of the problem. They were the one making the rules. It was policies. It was right. education. Brown versus Board of Education. We can go on and on and on. That's right. why we had the civil rights movement. So here we are 50 years later back at the same movie because racial injustice is the virus. It is a pandemic that does not have a vaccination and the virus of racial injustice will not go away until we root it out and find the vaccination of conversation, of, of policy change, and of sustaining that everybody can have a seat at the table. Yes, yes. And I think having those conversations is so key for people to really understand each other, see each other as humans. You know, part of it, part of it is people just saying, I don't even have exposure. They just don't even have exposure. So it feels like something that's just out of their realm. You know, it's like, let's get to know each other. Let's get to know each other. Uh, Now, when you talked about on your video, I want to say that it's, touched my heart because I want to ask you what your your divine purpose is. You said something today that you you know none of us are here by accident, but we're here by divine purpose. And I believe that as well. I believe that we are here at this time for a reason. Each one of us serves somehow and it is in my prism of the world divinely kissed, divinely guided that this is what is happening. How, how do you see yourself now, right now, especially in this as a, as a voice of a strong professional black man who is bridging, making those conversations and bridging those gaps, right? Those gaps that are so critical to bridge. How does it feel in alignment with your divine purpose? I think it's, it's right in my sweet spot because I realized that Uh, Could it be at this very moment that I exist to be a voice to the least, the last, the lost? Uh, Could I exist at this moment to speak up for those who are voiceless and don't have the platform uh, to speak to diverse circles? Uh, 99% of the people that I work with and do business with don't look like me. So could it be that I've come alongside as an educator or a whisperer to help them understand and to see a new reality. So let me be clear, everyone that looks like you doesn't necessarily speak for you. So I speak as a black man with a black perspective who understands a black community. I'm not saying I speak for all black people, but I certainly understand what it means to be a black man in America. Right. Sure. Sure you do. Uh, So let's talk about, shift a little bit about you as a professional, you as a a thought leader, Hall of Fame speaker, you know, just hardcore rock star on on the digital stage and the the, uh, actual stage. And thinking about your background and some of the times that you showed up the best you ever showed up, right? Your best performances ever. When you just were like, ooh, man, did I just knock it out of the park on this one. Like you were just on fire. What, what was it? And what do you think were the contributing factors that got you there? So what was that one of those top performances? Yeah, I, I would probably say Google comes to mind when I had a chance to work with them a few years ago and I had to go to various stores. They were getting ready to roll out a new product and I had to keep it top secret, couldn't really talk about it and then present before all of their salespeople from all over the world. 
uh, and, and to be able to understand the mind of Google and how they go about doing uh, what they did. It, it, was, it was a great day. It was, a, it was a great day and really, really challenged me and stretched me. Now, how did it stretch you? What did you have to do to really, you know, juice up for that, to get to that and really, you know, knock it out of the park? What did you do physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually? How did you bring your resources to bear for that? So I had to ask powerful questions. The quality of your questions determine the quality of your thinking. Uh, more than rehearse, I had to really kind of get into the emotional state of understanding what it meant to be a customer in their culture. I think the third thing is I really had to suspend and get over, oh my goodness, this is Google. You know, the yeah. company that started with two guys in a garage and three computers doing 10,000 searches a day back in 1998. So I had to really understand those things, but then show up in that moment uh, to really be relevant and, and be open to the ultimate surprise and not just take, you know, a normal speech that sounds like some shtick that you pulled yep. off and blew the dust off we had to to personalize it and be in the moment with them uh, so say 50% of it was would be something that I would normally teach but the other 50% was in the moment so yeah. it's really understanding how to be comfortable in the moment and, and communicate and, and ensure you land the plane Yes, yes, exactly. Well, that's part of what my thought leadership is. Why I hold this space called Mindful Performance is really yeah. about that combination of mindfulness and business management best practices, pulling those together. So having that preparation that you did with your Google, you know, home run and but riding the moment, riding the moment is when usually those biggest performances happen, right? Absolutely. Awesome. And this reminds me of the coaching that you're uh, doing. I, I was checking out what you are working on and some of the initiatives and, and this, this spark growth now. Tell me a little bit more about this coaching thing that you're doing. Yeah. So as the country begins to open up, I really believe people have been quarantined, sheltered in place for 90 days. And as they get ready to go back into the workplace, some still working remote, some going to a physical location, they have to go back a better human with a new mindset, a new skill set. So literally uh, myself and my colleague, Karen, for six weeks, we're gonna walk people through what's the mindset reset? How do they think about relationships in a fresh new way, especially in business? How do they think about money, not just making it, but the mindset around money? How do we look at micro philanthropy through a fresh lens? How do you begin to understand well-being and work that you love? So we're going to coach people. Uh, we've got specific homework that we're going to take them through. It's going to be very engaging so that they can understand how to spark growth, not just for themselves, but everyone around them. Because we've seen a blurring of the lines of professional and personal. So we want to help them navigate and manage that in the most effective manner possible. I love it. I absolutely love it. I think it's so great. And especially now, Simon, it's perfect because I was actually, I, 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 uh, have been abstaining from alcohol since March, uh, sorry, since May 4th, May 4th, wow. may the 4th be with you. And, yes. and one of the reasons why I did was because I said to myself, okay, one of the things that, that or one of the things that I'm, I want to commit myself is when when I get out of this nightmare, that is the quarantine, that is the, you know, sheltering in place and all this, I do not want to be worse off than I was. I do not want to be a fat alcoholic out of this. 
Wow. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna get control. And so your your idea of you know mindset, how do you want to plant those seeds for the next six weeks? Because th this is a transformational time. And boy, when you have somebody that can help you, who can be accountable, who can give you ideas, who can, you know, hold you in that space of transformation. So yay you. Where where can our listeners go if they are interested in participating? Yeah, they can go to sparkgrowthnow.com, sparkgrowthnow.com. Sparkgrowthnow.com, and I will put that in the, uh, in the, in the show notes, uh, Simon. And uh, one last thing before we end, I just also thought how delightful you gave an homage to George Wallace. Do you want to take us out uh, with the George Wallace quote that you used uh, the other day? George Wallace, the mentor of... of uh, so many great comedians says, I love you, I believe in you, and there's not a darn thing you can do about it. I love it. I love you, I believe in you, and there's not a darn thing you can do about it. Well, I do love you, Simon T. Bailey, and I believe in you and all of your brilliance and spark, and there's not a darn thing you can do about it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for being with me today. This is Teresa Rose for Mindful Performance. I hope, like me, you make it an amazing day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. If you liked what you've just heard, then go ahead and like, subscribe, and share. Visit TeresaRose.com to listen to more episodes of Mindful Performances with Teresa Rose on the C-Suite Radio Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.